Today's daf is daf chaf beis, and we are starting from the bottom of daf chaf aleph amud beis. We're up to bishlama rebbe le rebbe meir, which is eight lines from the bottom of the page, eight lines from the bottom of the daf. Bishlama le rebbe meir. Okay, it's the last words on the line. Let's go. Bishlama le rebbe meir. It makes sense according to Rebbe Meir's understandable. Damar echad ger vechad nachri, who says that when you have a ger toisha and you have a nachri and you've got meat to offer them, they're allowed to eat it. They're not Jewish. So, you have meat to offer them, you should give it to the Ger Taishav. You should take care of the one that's following which means the Pasuk needs to, is letting us know that even a, a, what we'll call treif in our vocabulary, even though that it's not the proper word, treif really means that there's an issue with the lungs, the heart, the animal becomes a trefa. That's really what the word treif comes from. Okay, we refer to treif in our vocabulary as we're not allowed to eat it. Anything not kosher, all of a sudden has you know gets this name of treif, even though it's it's not like the most proper word to use. But that's the Gemara saying over here. The Torah wants to let us know that when it comes to things that are treif, you just can't eat it, but it's permitted to benefit from. We're gonna we're gonna infer. We're gonna assume. That specifically over here you're allowed to benefit. When it comes to other Yisurim, other forbidden things in the Torah, where the Torah says don't eat, for example, uh, a sheretz, okay? We're going to assume that it's Asur, both in Achila and in Hana. Ella lost the place, sorry. Ella Rabbi Yehuda. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, who says that no. The words are coming kichsavan, meaning it's coming to teach us how an avela should be handled, as opposed to getting involved in the achila and anah. Just doing what? How do you deal with an avela? So So if it's not coming to teach me that an avela is mutter bahana, so then so then the inference cannot be to exclude everything else is aser bahana. Again. If the Torah tells me this specifically is permitted in an area that we're going to assume that, oh, specifically over here is it permitted to benefit from. Elsewhere, by other transgressions, it's not going to be permitted. Beseder. But if the whole Yisait over here is telling us how an Avela should be handled, as opposed to telling me that it's mutter to benefit from, what's going to be his source that other things outside of Avela are taka going to be aser bahana? The Gemara says, "Nafkale, Reb Yehuda will learn it out." Me la kelav tashlichu neisai from the halacha of you should give it to a kelav. A very interesting halacha, which is that if you ever have meat that's forbidden to eat, the ideal type of animal to throw it to is a dog. This is learned out in Sefer Shmais because of Makas Bacharis. It's a fascinating limud in the halachas of Hakaras Atayv. Well, usually, dogs start barking when the Malachamavas walks into town. Dogs have a way to sense the Malachamavas, the angel of death. In Mitzrayim, the night of Makas Bechiris, the dogs should have been barking their brains out because the Malachamavas was all over the place. The Torah tells us not a single dog barked. And since not a single dog barked, which they wouldn't have hurt the Yidden, but it could have scared, made it a scary situation. Um, the Torah says, 
from from here you learn that that uh, meat, if you ever have a tarfus, it should be given to a dog. The Jewish nation owes Akaras because of that night of Mitzrayim, uh, where the dogs uh, didn't scare us, even though the Malachamavas is around. Now Rashi says, what you see from here is that if the Torah is letting me know that you should throw your meat to a dog, I we would assume that this includes even your own dog. It would probably even be ideal. Give it to the dog, your own dog. If you're allowed to give it to your own dog, vice dice, you're permitted to benefit from um, from anything which we call treif, and that's going to be Rav Yehuda's source, as opposed to Rav Meir, who's just learning it out from a, uh, a diuk. Okay? But the the diuk is, I saw a top of today's daf, I saw specifically over here, when it comes to treifa, you give it to your dog, but other things you should not uh, benefit from, and therefore you should not give it to your dog. But Rabbi Meir, and according to Rabbi Meir, he learns out, I saw, he already knows you that, um, he says, I'm sorry, Rabbi Meir is of the opinion that um, this halacha is learned out from a nevela itself. It's not learned out from a kalab tashlich and I said. So what does the word I say teach me? The You're allowed to give standard tarfus to your dog. We're not allowed to give your dog anything which is also tamei chulin shenishchetu ba'azara. If a person shechts chulin inside the azara, it's forbidden to do that. Now the animal itself is not holy. So I would say, if you shecht chulin in the azara, you got to take the meat out. You can't eat it, because chulun shnishchatu ba'azara, which it was usher to do. But maybe I should throw it to my dog. Answer is no. If it's nishchatu ba'azara, you're not allowed to do that. Only some, you're not allowed to get hana from it. The only time you're allowed to get hana and give it to your dog is if there's no hektish involved at all. Both the animal is not hektish, and the place where it's shechted had nothing to do with a makam kadash. The idach, and what according to Rebbe Yehuda, according to Rebbe Yehuda, how does he know? That a person should not feed their dog from chulin shenishchetu ba'azara. Again, Rabbi Yehuda learned that learned used the word oso already to teach me you should give trefus to your dog and nothing else. Rabbi Meir said no. The word oso teaches me only things that have complete chulin with it. Rabbi Yehuda. Um, so now the question is on Rabbi Meir. According to Rabbi Meir, who uh, used the word oso to teach me uh, uh, that only this should be given to your dog, how does he know, um, I'm sorry, according to Rabbi Yehuda, who already used the word Aisai, to teach me only trefa should be fed to your dog, and nothing else, everything else is going to be Aser Bana, how does he know Chul and Shishkutu Bazara should not be fed to your dog, V'idach, Chul and Shishkutu Bazara, Labdar Aisai, he'll say, yeah, you shouldn't, but there's actually, you don't need a biblical source, because it's not a biblical transgression, period. Okay. Rabbi Yitzchak Nafcha asked a challenging question that Trefa, feeding your dog, is unique. It's its own unique category, and you're only allowed to get Hanna by a, uh, by a Trefa, but every time, every other, because it's, the Torah says feed it to your dog, but every other time it says that you shouldn't eat something, it means it's also ushered to benefit Challenges of Yisroch Navcha. He says like this: Very good anosh. Adam Rachman al Kenle Yechul Bnei Yisrael. Good anosh. The Bnei Yisrael. Shani from the Good Anosh. Tonight we learn to the Mishnah Shaleach Adam. 
You could send an entire thigh to a guy with a granasha. I can sell the whole back, the hindquarters of an animal to a guy. Including the granasha. Why? Because the makam of the granasha could be removed on its own. But you see that just because something is aser bachila could still be permitted bana. I.e., get an usher. I could send the, the, the entire hindquarters uh, hind uh, hind to a guy. I could send him. I am benefiting from the, the ability to give him a present. Answer the Gemara, because of Rabbi Vokash, Hutra Nevela, he, Vachalva, Vagida, Hutra. Get an usher is included in Nevela. It's included. When we say that Nevela, Makelev Tashtich, and I say, you're allowed to benefit from it, that includes the Chalev of that Nevela. The giranosha of that nevela, and the mela, the this rule that whenever the Torah says don't eat it, it means you also can't benefit from it. Doesn't include anything that has to do with the nevela. It makes sense to uh, to answer this way if you hold that sinews of an animal give off flavor, therefore they're considered food, and it's part of a nevela. But according to the man, the Amr holds that sinews do not give off any flavor. Michael of Amar, what are you going to say? How can you say that the Giranasha is considered part of the Nevela and the Chalev? It's a totally separate entity. It's like a, it's like a stick that's sitting inside of it. And if it's a stick that's sitting inside of it, it's not a Nevela. And if it's not a Nevela, it shouldn't be permitted to benefit from. Again, you can only, the Torah makes a unique exclusion to the prohibition of benefit on Nevela. In other words, to put it simply, a nevela is the only forbidden trafe that you can benefit from. If Gid Hanasha has flavor, it's part of the nevela, and I can benefit from it. If the Gid Hanasha has no flavor, so it's just something that's forbidden to me, and I should not be allowed to benefit from it, because it's not... It's not included in the exclusion of the rule. It's part. Of, it's still part of the general category of if it's forbidden to benefit, if it's forbidden to eat, it's forbidden to benefit. Answers the Gemara. Man Who's the one? Who's the opinion that says gidin don't have flavor, sinews don't have flavor, which makes it a problem? Because if sinews don't have flavor now, it's not part of the nevela. So why am I allowed to benefit? It's from Shimon. The person needs to get on nasha of a behematomeir of Yudimachayev Shtayim. Yudah says he's going to be obligated in two sets of malchus, one for eating treif and one for eating the get on nasha. If Shimon fight there, if Shimon says you're, you're a potter, there's no problem. You know why? Because what did you eat? You ate me get on nasha of and a gid, a sinew, the sciatic nerve, yeah, which is just this white strand, this white uh, string doesn't give off any flavor and therefore you're putter you don't get any malchus now Rav Shimon is going to say um, and Rav Shimon even though he says there's no flavor he's still going to say it's Aser Bana and Rav Shimon Rav Shimon says despite the fact that there's no flavor at all it's still going to be forbidden to benefit from the Giranasha. So, Rabbi Yehuda is the one who holds that you can get benefit from the Giranasha because there's flavor. 
Reb Shimon's of the opinion that when there's no, since there's no flavor, because of what Rabbi Avo said, you're going to be okay. Answers the fract the Gemara on this explanation of the Machlekes Baharei Daf. But when it comes to blood of an animal, which we know is forbidden to eat, Dama Rachmana Kol Nefesh Michem Leisechadam. No one's allowed to eat blood. Elu Ve'Elu Masarvim Ba'Ama. All bloods, okay, um, that are shechted inside the Beis Hamikdash ultimately end up getting mixed together because the way the Beis Hamikdash was built is that there was different sections of the Beis Hamikdash where, or the, the, mik, the Mikdash, the Heichel, the Azara, the Ulam, there were different part, there were certain areas set aside in the Beis Hamikdash for Shechita. Now what did, every time you shecht, the Shechita was being done always. Where did all the blood go? So they had a sewage system for all the blood. And there were two main pipes that the blood would flow down into. Okay? And ultimately, Elu ve'elu mis'arvim ba'ama. That's what these words mean. All of the bloods of the animals that were shechted would get mixed inside these pipes. Inside this sewage system which the, they would, which the, the blood would all flow down into. The yites and the nachal kidron. And the blood ended up coming out into this valley. This is fascinating, uh, a fascinating reality that happened. It flowed down into the Nachal Kidron. Where'd the sewage system go? Where'd the pipes lead, lead to? They led to some stream that was called the Nachal Kidron, the Kidron River. Okay? And this was like an extra tax that people needed to pay the Beis HaMikdash for the following reason. Let's explain outside. There's a halacha that a yid is not allowed to benefit from hektish. Something that belongs to the Beis HaMikdash, I'm not allowed to take for my own personal use. It's called being moel behektish. I'm making personal use out of hektish. Some people had an issue for the following reason. It was even, not even necessarily on purpose. But because the sewage system of the blood would flow down through the Nachal Kidron, anybody who owned land there would benefit from the, the blood that was in the water made the soil very fertile and their crops grew better because they had this flow coming down from the Beis HaMikdash. Now here's the problem. Since their crops were being enhanced from Hektish blood, so that was an automatic mile the hektish. They're using hektish even unintentionally for their private use. Their crops are growing better because there's nothing they can do about it. But all of a sudden, the Beis HaMikdash is enhancing a person's personal things. Okay? So what they would do is, is they would pay a certain amount of money to the Beis HaMikdash to kind of like redeem the Kedusha from their crops. All right? But what you see from here, here's the question, is that um, you have a situation where you have the blood which is forbidden to eat because we know you're not allowed to eat blood, but still we had this issue from the, from the Nachal Kidron 
where it says don't eat blood, but the Mishnah still says they're allowed, there was a there was a tax they had to pay, but ultimately they ended up benefiting from it. So you see another example where something's forbidden to eat, but ultimately the benefit is still allowed to come out from it. Umar says shiny dam blood is also different. Okay, now one second. Before I get the answer, let, let's let's rein in over here. I want to make sure we get clear what's happening. Let's get clear. Instead of just moving along. What's happening is as follows. Rabbi Avo gave us a rule. His rule was, if you can't eat, you can't benefit. Period. If it doesn't rachil, it doesn't That's his rule. There happens to be an exception because the Torah says you have tray for meat, you can throw it to your dog. That's an exclusion to the rule. But any other time that something is forbidden to eat, you may not benefit. Basar b'chalav. Milk and meat together. Can't benefit. Why? Because since the Torah says, if you have tray, feed it to your dog, I'm going to imply, oh, only over there are you allowed to benefit by feeding it to your dog. Nowhere else are you allowed to benefit. That's his rule. Okay. Oh, that part was clear enough. But based upon that rule, the Gemara is now asking a question. If every time something is forbidden to eat, it means it's forbidden to benefit. Besides for Trefa, what about the blood of the base of Mikdash? The people lived out of Nachal Kidra and benefited, even though you can't eat blood. That's another exception to the rule. Question on Rabbi Abo, who says the only exception to the rule is Trefa. Aye, what about the people who won't feel by Nachal Kidra? Seder, that's the Kasha. And for the Gemara, nah, that's not another exception to the rule. Because shiny dam the iskish lamayim blood is compared to water. You shouldn't eat the blood; it should spill out like water. The same way water is permitted to benefit, blood is permitted to benefit. So what the Gemara is answering is: Trefa slash Nevela is still the only thing that's forbidden to eat, but permitted to benefit. I. What about the blood? That that's we were, we're talking about blood. Blood, you're allowed to benefit from because the Torah compares it to water. You can benefit water, you can benefit from blood. But what I meant, what Rabbi Avo meant, when he says when something's usher to eat, it's usher to benefit, that was talking about food, not talking about blood. Say it. Ask the Gemara another question. When, when we say blood is like water, in the same way water could benefit from, you could benefit from blood, not every water is permitted to benefit from. There's some water that's used on top of the Mizbeach and it's ushered to benefit. So maybe when the Torah says the blood is like the water, maybe it means the same way water on the Mizbeach is forbidden to benefit from, blood is also forbidden to benefit from. Why are you comparing it to general water? Maybe the Torah wants us to compare the blood to holy water. After the Gemara, Amr Abiyavo, Kamayim Rav Mayim. When it says like water, it means like general water. General water. Don't assume it's the exception to the rule that's poured on top of the Mizbeach. It means regular water. Meteorite Mayim said, says the Gemara doesn't say regular water. It just says Mayim. How do you know? Go prove it. Prove that blood is compared more to regular water than to be compared to Mizbeach water. Go, go, go prove. Alam Ravashi. Kamayim Anishpachim. Like Kamayim Anisam. Because... We're comparing the blood which is spilled to regular water which is allowed to be spilled out on the ground and we're not comparing it to water that has to be poured in a unique way on top of the Mizbeach. 
And that's why blood is permitted to benefit from, like general water. I, what, there, granted, there's other water that you can't benefit from. We're not comparing it to that kind of water, because that kind of water is poured, and our blood is not poured. Our blood is just spilled out on the floor like water. It goes down into the sewage, like, like regular water. Maybe, guess what? The water, the only water in the world that you're not allowed to benefit from is water that's poured on the Mizbeach. That's not true. There's water that's poured in front of Abayi Zara that you can't benefit from either. That's spilled out on the floor. That's not gathered together. So maybe we should say the same way water that spills out in front of Abayi Zara is forbidden to benefit from, so too blood that spills out on the floor is forbidden to benefit from. Answers the Gemara, Hasam Nami Nisa Chikri. Even when Goyim pour the water on the floor in front of the Rabbi Zara, that's not called spilling out on the floor, that's called pouring out on the floor. Yishtu, Yein Nesibam. They drink the wine of their pourings. So, Memela, we're still with our answer that we're comparing water, we're comparing blood to water that spills out, which is permitted to benefit from as opposed to comparing blood to water that's poured out, either on the Mizbeach, granted it's forbidden to benefit, water that's poured from a Dezara, granted it's forbidden to benefit, but Dam is not compared to those two things. Ulechizkiah, says the Gemara, according to Chizkiah. Now, top of Ahmed Beis. The Gemara is now going to switch approaches. Chizkiah was the opinion that we learned yesterday on Amabez, who argued on this whole approach. And Chizkiah held, just because something is Asr Ba'achila does not make it Asr Ba'na. Okay. The whole Amad Aleph that we just learned was found in the pin of Rabbi Abo. That if something's Asr Ba'achila, it's also Asr to benefit from unless there's an exception like Nevela and Trefa or Dam but every other time something's forbidden to eat. It's forbidden to benefit, says Chizkiah, not true. That whole premise is a mistake. He argued on Ahmed Beis, and he says, Nain, when the Torah says it's forbidden to eat, that means it's forbidden to eat. When it says, La Yeyachel does not mean, does not seem to imply also the, the prohibition to benefit. It only implies the prohibition to eat. According to Chizkiah, who says that just because something is usher to eat does not necessarily make it forbidden to benefit from, so why are we comparing blood to water? Pour out the blood like water on the floor. Why does it have to say that? We know it's permitted to benefit from. I wouldn't have thought otherwise. Blood is permitted to benefit from. According to Rabbi Abou, it needs to say it to tell me, oh, blood is an exception. I could benefit. According to Chizki, I can always benefit. That's the question. And for the answer to the Gemara, Lichid Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, Chizkiya needs the Pasuk of Allah's Bishbechanu Kamayim to, for the Allah of Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, Bar Abba, Amar Rabbi Yechid, Rabbi Nain, Ladam, Kodshim, Shein, Nain, Machshir. How do you know that blood of Hektish that touches food? does not make the food capable of becoming Tameh, if something tummy touches it, right? Remember, if a liquid touches a salad, the salad could become Tameh. If a liquid never touched the salad, the salad cannot become Tameh. Blood is one of the liquids. Blood of Hektish, however, is not one of the liquids. How do you know that? Shanamar, as it says, 
You can't eat the blood, you should spill it out on the ground like water. Only blood that's permitted to be spilled out on the floor flows out. That it makes something capable of becoming tame. However, blood that you need to be careful as to its kedusha, if it touches something, will not make something capable of becoming tame. Period. Okay. Quick review. Machlekes Rabbi Avoh and Chizkiah. Rabbi Avoh says, if it's Aser Bachila, it's Aser Bana. Unless the Torah shows us an exception. And he brought some exceptions. Bevela, Tiranosha, Tam. Chizkiah said, when the Torah says something's Aser Bachila, it means Aser Bachila. It's not Aser Bana. Seder. Menachai asks the Gemara one minute. What about You can't eat meat from a live animal. How do you know if a Nazir who's not allowed to drink wine, Tendler can't walk over to him and hand him a cup of wine? I can't help him. Put the possibility of transgression in front of him. And how do I know I can't give Abraham Menachai to a non-Jew? A non-Jew has, has the halacha of Abraham Menachai. How do we know I can't do that? You can't put a stumbling block in front of somebody who's blind. Don't, don't put an Aver in front of somebody's face. But it seems to imply that Abraham Menachai, which is Aser Ba'achila, a Yid can't eat it, a guy can't eat it, so I can't hand it to a guy, but it seems I can hand it to his dog. So you see, just because something's forbidden for me to eat, does not make it forbidden for me to benefit from. I could feed Abraham and Achai to my dog. My dog's not obligated to Shev Mrs. Benayach. The dog of a guy is not obligated to Shev Mrs. Benayach. And the guy's benefiting from his dog eating Abraham and Achai, right? Because now he doesn't have to feed his dog lunch. So if I'm only not allowed to give the Abraham and Achai to a dog, and I'm only not allowed to give wine to a Nazir, I could give wine to his dog, and give Abraham and Achai to any dog. You see, it's permitted to benefit from something. Question on Rabbi Avo. Again, because Rabbi Avo said, anything that's forbidden to eat is forbidden to benefit from. Besides for Nevela, Trefe, and Dam. Ask the Gemara, here's another exception to the rule. Abraham and Achai. I can eat. I can't eat, but I still am allowed to benefit. Answer the Gemara, Shani Eber Menachai, the Iskish Adam. Eber Menachai, the reason why you're allowed to benefit is because it's compared to blood. That's also not a question of Yavu. Because that's like Dam. Dam wasn't a question because we said Dam is like my. Okay, it's not a food. Eber Menachai is like Dam. Dixiv, Rachazak, the Vilti Yachul Adam, Ki Adam, Hu Anefesh. Since Dam is the Nefesh, and a Nefesh is something that is alive. So Mela Torah put these two uh, these two halachas side by side. It's like a hekish to tell us that you're that the even though it is usher to eat Abraham and Achai, it's still permitted to benefit from it the same way it's permitted to benefit from the dam, which is the pasuk right next to it. Says the Gemara ladam. According to Chizkiyah, who says that Abraham and Achai, you're allowed to benefit from anyway, because Chizkiyah again was of the opinion. That just because something is prohibited to eat doesn't mean it's prohibited to benefit. I'm allowed to benefit according to Chizkiah. I don't need a Pasuk. 
I don't need a hekesh of Abraham and Achai to dam. Oh, you can benefit from Abraham and Achai. I know. Chizkiyah says you can always benefit. So according to him, what's the hekesh for? Ask the Gemara. He's going to say to you, Ladam. I'll say, Dam hu de iskash Ibn Menachai, Ma Ibn Menachai, Osir, Afdam Menachai, Osir. That blood coming from Ibn Menachai has the status of Ibn uh, the dam that comes from a live animal is like Ibn Menachai. And which type of blood is like Ibn Menachai? Is that Dam Hakoza, Shahanefesh, Yaitzei, Boy. This is Dam Hakoza. This is Dam Hakoza um, that uh, was very common back then. They have this medical procedure where they would let out blood in order for the blood to replenish itself. And um, I would have thought that the only dam that's, per, that's forbidden to eat is blood that's taken out of a person to help them keep living, okay? Um, and that's considered dam that has, uh, that has nefesh. So that's what I would have. Uh, so comes along Chizkiah uh, and says that the halacha of bloodletting is learnt out from the hekish of, of uh, dam and Abraham and Achai. Okay, period. We're done with that. But we're not done with the Machlekes. The Machlekes still stands. Rabbi Avo is still of the opinion that if you just look at something that's forbidden to eat, you have to assume it's forbidden to benefit. Chizkiah is still standing by his guns. If it's forbidden to eat, it's permitted to benefit. Let's talk a little more in depth about this Machlekes. Says Gemara Bar Yishara Niska. Fascinating halacha. If a Bezdin paskins that an ox is high of Miso, you have an ox that kills a human. The Bezdin Paskins on that ox, it is to be put to death. Guess what the owner does? The Bezdin's about to stone the ox. I got my ox worth $1,000. Bezdin's about to stone it. I quickly run and I shecht my ox. What's the status? Is it kosher or not? Rahman Amr the Tyrus says, Lay Yachel's Basar. It's not kosher. It's not kosher. No. Once there's a psak on this ox that it's dead, it must be killed. It's already considered dead. If Bezin gives a psak, it's Chayav Misa, it's dead. Even if I shecht it, it's not kosher. I shechted a dead animal. It's like walking over to a dead animal and shechting it. The tiny we learned in the Brysa, Sokoli Sokol Ashur, the ox needs to be stoned any day she nevela. Don't I know? That the animal is any animal that dies and is stoned is a nevela. Nevela sur bachila. Nevela zaser bachila. Matam leimer layacha. Why did I say this? This ox that's stoned you can't eat. You know what it's teaching me? If Tamni went ahead and shechted his ox before they stoned it, but after Bezdin gave up sack, oh sir, I'm still not allowed to eat it. In the other bachila, all I know is that Tender can't eat it. How do I know I can't even benefit from it? The owner of the axe has to be totally cleansed from this. My mashma, what do you see from this? The guy's the guy was stripped clean of all of his stuff, of all of his property. He can't have any sort of benefit. We have a very clear brisa. Ashorhan niskal. An axe that has a psak of chiv misa is aser ba'achila and it's aser ba'hana. Why is it aser ba'hana? Why is it forbidden to benefit? Why can't that benefit? Because it says balashar naki. The owner of this axe is cleansed from it. It's clean. You're done with it. Can't even benefit. 
ask the Gemara its point now. Taima, the reason why I'm not allowed to benefit from the ox because of Sharnaki is because there's a specific Pasuk telling me the owner is Naki from the Hanah. If I would have only said, you can't eat it, I would have said, what? You can't eat it. But I could benefit. So you see that just because somebody says it's Asr Bachila, without Bala Sharnaki, wouldn't have implied anything. But you do see as well, however, that the same Pasuk is letting us know. Uh, um, is giving off an inclination of an Isra'ana. Because it says, and we do know that in the end it is Asr Now, Granted, it's because of, of the end of that Pasuk. But Memonavshach. According to Chizkiah, all it means is you can't eat it, but I should be able to benefit. But we know in the end you can't benefit from that. And according to Rabbi Abo, I don't need the Bala Sharnaki, because either way I know you can't benefit from it. War says, no, 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 no. You're not understanding these shukim properly. Seems to imply both. And the owner being clean from it is not teaching me that it's usher, that the meat is usher, but no. It's letting me know that the skins, the hide, the leather... If, when I shecht my animal, my, my ox, that's high of Misa, not only is, is my stuff, also, not only is the flesh, also, even the skins of the animals, also, and it's necessary to teach me that the skins are also, I would have thought to say, don't eat the meat. It's only going to end up being an issue. You, you obviously can't eat the skin, right? So what is it letting me know? You can't even benefit from the skin. Therefore, the Torah lets us know that you can't benefit from the meat and you can't even benefit from the skins from the hide. Ulahanach Tanai, and according to the Tanoim, the Mafki Leila who used the Pasuk of Layachel Aspasare Balasharnaki um, to teach us that the owner um, has to pay Chatzik Kaifer, has to pay half of the uh, half the amount of the killing of the, the you have to pay half the amount of the human on the slave market that the that the um, ox killed and also and if let's say the ox killed a woman who was pregnant or killed the babies inside of a woman you're going to have to pay uh, financial so uh, how do they know that it's forbidden to benefit from the skins they already used the pasuk of ubala sharnaki to teach us these other halachas to how much Besides for the ox being killed, how much financial obligation the owner of the ox is going to have to whatever human it killed. Okay? So if it's teaching us, which is a whole sugim of a kama, but if it's teaching us all those halachas, I know for the purposes of our Gemara, all we need to know is, I no longer have the pasuk of layachel sharnaki, I no longer have it to teach me the, the prohibition of benefiting from the skins. Say, hey, no, it's also for the skins. Nafkalumi esbesarei. When it says meat, it means anything attached to the meat as well. Can't benefit from the meat. Can't even benefit from the skins. That's secondary to the meat. What about the other Mandiyamar who holds that you need a separate limud for the skins? And we don't say the skins are just secondary to the meat. S by Darish. He doesn't Darish in the word S. He doesn't make a drasha. 
um, a fascinating Gemara, which is quoted in multiple places in Shas. The word S in the Torah has no real meaning. It always has a purpose, as we're about to see, but you can't translate the word S. There's no translation. Aleph Saf, interestingly, the first letter and last letter of the Aleph phase, put together, has no touch. There's no translation. Kiddetanya, as we learned in the following verse, Shimon Ha'amsuni, Va'amri lo Nechemia Amsuni. Shimon from Amsuni, some people say it was Nechemia from Amsuni, they would take every S. There's no touch. So why is it written? Why do you have the word with no meaning? They knew how to darshan every Aleph Saf in the Torah. Kivon Shehigiyah. Once they reached the verse of the S Hashem Alek Yachatira. S Hashem Alek The Torah could have said Hashem Alek Yachatira. Hashem, your God, you should fear. What's S? S Hashem. Pirish. They, said, they, they, they stopped darshaning S. They said, we have no clue what S means. We have no clue what S is teaching us anymore. Because they didn't know what it means. So they stopped their whole approach of making drushas on the word S. Amru Tamida. So either Nechemia Amsuni or Shimma Amsuni's students said to him, Rabbi, Kolazan Shadrashim Alam. You made so many drushas already from the word S, and now you're backing off. What's going to be with all the Torah? All the all the shurim you gave us on the word S is now is now thrown away. Should we rip out the, those shurim from our notes? We're done. Yeah. Amar lahem, he says to them, Kishem the same way we're all going to get reward for trying to darshan the word S and come up with its meaning. We also get reward for knowing when to back off. Sometimes you have to learn 30 shiurim, and then the 31st shir proves that everything we just learned previously was a mistake. And we still get schar in the ter. This was Limon Ater. Ad Shabbat Rabbi Akiva Vadara says Gemara, but don't worry. There's a happy ending to this story. Rabbi Akiva came along and he said, No, 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 no. Es Hashem Lekechatira has a drasha. Es Hashem Lekechatira, the rabbi is Tamidi Chachamim. When you have to have covet and fear for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this includes Tamidi Chachamim. Okay? That the same fear that we have of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is demanded, the same awe is demanded of those who bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu's words to Klal Yisrael. And this actually is a Mishnah in Perkyavas, which we say that a person should always up the level of fear one level. A person should view their colleague like the Rebbe. The Rebbe like a... Eh, so when a person it says the Rebbe like, uh, like HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to keep raising up the level because they, they represent... The, the Rabbi comes on Rebbe Akiva and he saved all of Shimon Amsuni or Nehemi Amsuni's drushas. And we now do have drushas for every S in the... Period. Okay. Back to our Machlaikas in Chizkiyon Rabbi Avo as to what does it mean can't eat. Does it include also the prohibition to benefit? Or is it kept strictly to not eat? Bahare Arla. But what about Arla? Arla was in have a tree that you plant in Echetz the first three years. You're not allowed to use the fruits. You can't eat anything at all. The first three years, you can't, you can't eat it. 
you're not allowed to eat any other israel no you can't even no you can't benefit from the first three years of produce as well shall i you can't take the fruit and make make a dye you can't color with it you can't do tzeveah i'm not eating it can't benefit from arla you can't use its oil to light a fire you can't use it as a wick any part to include the prohibition of eating to the prohibit the to include the, that not only is it prohibited to benefit to eat, it's also prohibited to benefit. I now let's get to the question. Time is the The reason why you why the prohibition to eat is extended into the prohibition of benefiting is because the, the verse later on tells us. If the verse later on wouldn't have told us that it's forbidden to benefit from, have I mean I would have said Israhila Mashma, Isra Mashma, that it's uh, only Asr Bahila. It's not Asr Bana, boom. Gomorrah answers, No. Whenever it says Israhila, it includes Israna. I what about our questions? Why does the end of the verse need to tell me you can't benefit, you can't die, you can't light a candle? Shiny Hassan, because Arla is different. It says by Arla Lachem. For three years, it's going to be for you, Arelim. One second, the, 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 the Arla is going to be for you. It's not for me. I can't do nothing with it. But it's mine. It's mine, it's not mine. Usually, when something is Asr Bahana, forbidden to benefit from, it has no value. I don't even own it. It's like the Shorhaniska, the ox that's paskin to be stoned. I don't own it anymore. It has zero value. You can't own something that's valueless. But the Torah is still saying, Arla, which I can't eat, and I can't benefit, it's still calling it Lachem. So, so Let's us know that even though it says Lachem, you can't benefit. So what's the obvious question? So why are you calling it Lachem? If something that is forbidden to eat and forbidden to benefit from has no value... So why is the Torah saying, oh, it's Tenler's tree? But you can't eat it, you can't benefit. No, so it's not mine. Now that I can't eat and I can't benefit, why does the Torah take a call the Arla, the three years, mine? The more answer the time we need for the following, Bryce. So, Lachem, le Rabbi says, Hanotua, le Rabbim. Lachem is coming to include top of tomorrow's dot. Coming to include Natua Larabim when I specifically planted the tree, the Tzarech Larabim. Rashi says, Top Rashi, I plant the tree not for myself. I plant the tree in the middle of Delmar Boulevard, in the middle of Route 9 in Lakewood, on Route 70 across the whole country from Baltimore to Los Angeles. I plant the fruit tree right there. Why? The Tzarech Larabim. This comes to include something that's Natua. Le Rabim. If somebody plants something for the Rabim, um, according to Rabbi Yehuda, there's no halacha of Arla. Why? Because of Lachem. Only when it's yours does it have the halacha of Arla. When it's not Lachem, when I'm not planting it for myself, no. Okay, so Gemara's question was if, if you can't benefit, why are you calling it Lachem? Not because it's yours. Letting us know only when something is planted lechem is it aser bachila ubahana. When it's not planted lechem, there's no halacha of arla. Says the Gemara. My Tanakam. What's the reason for the Tanakam? Argues Rabbi Yehuda. He says whenever you plant liachin mashna, which seems to which seems to infer 
that uh, when you plant for a yachid, then you, there's a chiyav of Arla Rabbim and Mashma, but if you plant for a Rabbim, there's no halach of Arla. So therefore, Kosav Rachman Lachem, Lahavi Esanatua Lerabim, to to let us know that um, uh, even something that's planted the Tzarech Rabbim according to Tanakama has the has the halacha of Lachem. So that's the Tanakama's approach to Lachem. Rabbi Yudah who argues and says only when it's planted for yourself and not the Rabbim, he says when the Tata Mashav in the he says when you plant, I mean, it seems to imply whenever you plant something, no matter who's it for, there's a halacha of Arla. Unatatam when you plant. Doesn't, it seems doesn't matter what my intent is, where I'm doing it. Lachem means it's yours, which means whether it's for myself or the rabbin. Lachem can mean multiple people own it. Lachem means to you. Lachem means you, all of you. So maybe it means, why just because for the rabbin would it not have a lachem arla? Now many people own it. Nope. Have a riboy, riboy, but says of Yehuda, you have a riboy, riboy, because Lachem is the Yachid and the Rabbim, Vain riboy, riboy, there's a rule when it comes to Darshan and Torah. If you have two inclusive words that's also coming to be, that is always coming to exclude something else, what is that coming to exclude? According to Yehuda, it's coming to exclude a case where a private person, a person, uh, uh, an individual person plants the tree. The tzarech harabim. When you do, when a, one person plants a tree, the tzarech harabim, all of a sudden it becomes excluded from the halachas of Arla, and that's how he darshans the word lachem. We will hold it here for today, and we will pick up tomorrow evening, Be'ezes Hashem, at 7.30 from the top of Davchav Gimel Amr Aleph. We're up to the words, Vaharei Chiruma.